and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, Coffee and Catholics crew. This is Stacy. Before we get into today's episode, um, listener discretion is advised. There are some topics about intimacy and women's health that you may not want younger listeners to hear today. So um, listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. Today we are talking with exercise physiologist Jen. And um, Jen, we're, we're so glad for you to be here today. And um, we'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks for having me. I know logistically it's been a challenge to do this interview, and so I'm really excited to be here with you guys and appreciate your flexibility. I'm Jen Lormond. I'm a mom of three. I have um, stage two pelvic organ prolapse, and that is ultimately what led to me doing the work that I do, which is with... um, a really fun business called Tighten Your Tinkler, Silly Names, Serious Results, where my business partner and I did a not so little thing of taking the time to do medical research and publish, um, get the protocol that we utilize in our signature program published, which essentially is apparently revolutionary and we didn't realize it because we're helping women with pelvic floor issues um, where they don't have to use Kegels or, you know, insert anything into their nether regions to actually improve um, the symptoms from from pelvic floor conditions. So that's amazing. So you have this company, but also you guys are you're Catholic and your husband's in the diaconate program. And um, can you tell us a little bit about your background there too, your Catholic background? For sure. Yeah, I'm a cradle Catholic. Um, And so like many cradle Catholics just kind of checked the boxes and did all of the things that good girls do for much of my life, including, um, you know, did NFP. That's how I ended up with my third child. I always tell people, you know, when you leave room for God, he surprises you even when you're taking your temperature and doing those things. So (laughs) it was a beautiful and wonderful surprise, but, um, Yeah, I had a conversion, a pretty massive conversion experience uh, between 2007, where I encountered um, Jesus in um, a miracle of the Blessed Sacrament when my husband and I were on vacation in Italy. And then I had an encounter with the Blessed Mother um, in the chapel at Lourdes um, Mm -hmm. and really just both of them stole my heart. And um, it's also part of why I'm so passionate about educating women about these issues, because part of what Christina and I believe so deeply in is these issues rob women of their dignity. And, you know, St. Paul tells us that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. God lives within us and God created our bodies for healing. And oftentimes It is a gentle nudge that is needed for our bodies to do what they were designed to do. And that's really what it comes down to that, you know, Christina and I um, are 
giving women that gentle nudge to allow their bodies to take over this healing process without doing Kegels, which let's be honest, everybody's like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. You know, like this is weird. Always, yes. Or, you know, having to go to PT and being manipulated by someone else or having to manipulate yourself with devices, which is demoralizing. So um, that's kind of how my faith intertwines with what I do. Yeah, and I know that when I've tried to do Kegels before, it's the same. Like, I'm just like, this This feels weird. I don't know if I'm doing it right. And I just give up because it's just weird. <laughs> but, well, and I would imagine because, you know, I, I think I do think that our dignity comes from God. So, like, anything that can happen to us, I don't think necessarily takes away our dignity. But it can feel that way, right? It can feel yes. very, very much like, you know, you're, you're in an undignified state. So, have you... And also, I would imagine, because I know that when it comes to pelvic floor issues, it's kind of a spectrum. You can have issues that are yes. fairly benign, like mild, all the way up to very serious and, um, you know, I, I think even life-threatening, right? Like issues that you can have. And so how that not only makes you feel about yourself, but I imagine that it also affects the way that women see their relationship with God. Like why, like any kind of hardship or cross that you bear, like, why am I going through this kind of a thing? Yes. Have you experienced any stories like that or any kind of like redeeming stories in that regard? I always really lean on my own story of, you know, after having my third son, I found myself, feeling like my organs were falling out of my body, which is a very awful thing to feel. And it causes a lot of panic, makes you feel very, very broken. And, um, you know, as a woman, we feel like God designed our bodies to have babies. So why would my body get injured doing what God designed it to do? Um, and so, God gave me that cross to bear because I already had the expertise to solve the problem. And he gave me uh, a very stubborn uh, personality, very <laughs> persistent personality that I wasn't, I, w I was going to do what it took to figure out with his grace, obviously to figure out how to rectify this because I was referred for surgery and um, at 36 years old, um, you know, the urogynecologist that I went to, that that would be the physician if someone's listening to this and feeling like, oh, that kind of sounds like me. That would be the physician to go see, to get a diagnosis um, like for prolapse. Um, but he looked at me and said, you know, I really don't like doing this surgery on women as young as you because you're going to need to have it again in 10 to 15 years. So... <clears throat> that was my rock bottom moment. Had a lot of crying and prayer and um, God did lift me up out of that. I mean, I am sitting here talking to you passionately about this because I have stage two pelvic organ prolapse of all three compartments, meaning um, my bladder, uterus and rectum are all falling down into the vaginal compartment and I get to walk around most days forgetting that I have prolapse from implementing this protocol. Yeah. So um, I don't think it gets better than that without having surgery or doing Kegels or having to insert anything inside of you. Um, 
And so that's what we desperately want for every woman that's listening. Now, you did allude to the fact that these issues do occur on a spectrum. And obviously, prolapse is one part of that. Not every woman that's having P leaks or back pain or heaviness in their abdominals or, you know, downward pressure has prolapse necessarily. But if you are a woman dealing with prolapse, what we concretely proved with our research is that stage zero to two prolapse, we can effectively address with our protocol, with our signature program. If women are dealing where they know, like you look down there and you see something bulging out, coming down and out of the body, that's gonna be a higher stage or grade of prolapse stage three or four. And unfortunately, that is going to require a little bit more assistance, whether that's through the use of a pessary, which several women in our signature program um, require the use of a pessary, which is like scaffolding that would be inserted into the vagina to hold things up. Um, but we have a great quiz on our website that women could go take, and that's going to give them a concrete score to know kind of where they fall if they don't have a diagnosis. It's a very long-winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> I've mentioned on the podcast before that this is something that has affected me. Like I've had, pro- I I started um, having prolapse issues after my second was born, and there's I know that a lot of it is uh, like a genetic aspect of it. Um, my my dad was an only child, and my grandma still had prolapse, so there's definitely some genetics going in there. Um, but I, I, I really like this concept that like, you don't have to do all the Kegels and I've done the, done public floor physical therapy. Um, and it has helped some for me, but a big part of it for me is like the time commitment of like going somewhere. Um, so I actually, um, just signed up for this. So we'll see how, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to like, there's the, there, I looked at some of the different videos of the, um, uh, of the device that's used to to help with the exercises, and I feel like it's I was like it actually sounds like something I'll do, uh, <laughs> which I think is is great. But um, I also wanted to talk to you about um, we want to talk about one of those issues that we don't always discuss, and you know that's what we do on this podcast discuss things we don't always discuss. <laughs> uh, a problem that many women don't like people don't talk about is. Um, how pelvic floor prolapse and issues can affect like your relationship with your spouse. And um, like, I mean, I'm not going to say that I've had any issues with that, <laughs> but, um, but I know that that's something that you have um, dealt with, with, with many of the women. Yes. Well, and it's, you know, not just pain with intimacy because oftentimes Obviously, if you're having physical pain with um, insertion or pain higher up in the abdomen or swelling or discomfort post-intimacy, obviously, that's not going to make you super excited about (laughs) being intimate with your husband. Um, But there are other things that um, happen to women who are dealing with these issues. Sometimes it's leaking urine during sex or passing gas during sex, or sometimes some women know it as queefing, which is really just air getting trapped in the vaginal compartment. And it sounds like you're passing gas, but it's it's from the laxicity in the tissue 
kind of describe it as like this plunger effect that happens. Um, and so all of these things, it can, it's devastating, you know, let alone some women are dealing with from, you know, dribbling urine, um, you know, it smells down there and, and they don't know how to have that conversation with their husband because going back to the dignity and the feelings of brokenness, the last person that we want to disappoint is our husband. And obviously, you know, the act of being intimate with our husband is a, it's a give and take and uh, it, it's a gift, you know, and it's, it's so integral to our uh, relationship and such a uh, sacred part of the sacrament of marriage. And um, so, yeah, it can be very challenging, especially what I find is with older women, women 50 plus, mm -hmm. that generation in particular never talked about sex, doesn't know how to have that conversation with their husband. And so one of the things that I would love to send you guys is we offer something called an intimacy guide, which is really, um, it's, it's just some prompts to help you think through on paper how to begin to have this conversation with your spouse. And then, you know, you can either use that to maybe start with a letter if you're not comfortable with actually verbalizing that or bring that to the conversation so that you can have this conversation because it definitely can impact your marriage. And I, I, I have no doubt, I don't have any statistical proof, but I have no doubt that this has led to divorce in many instances because it just creates this divide. You no longer are interested in being intimate with your husband. They don't know what's happening. They start making up stories and you just start, you know, going your separate ways. Yeah, there's, a, it's kind of weird that in some cases or in some parts of this, it's almost brought me closer to my husband and being able to, like, it, for a while, it's like there were some issues with discussing. I didn't want to talk about it um, too much. Like, I would delude, like, he knows that I've had these issues, but, like, I grew up, like, <clears throat> not saying words like vagina because I... I Got in trouble yeah. for yelling vagina head at my sister down the Catholic school hallway. So my mom had every right to try and keep me from, like, saying, you know, anatomically correct terms in that instant. Um, but it made it, like, it kind of left an impact on me that, like, I it's hard for me to really talk about these things. But because of having all this problem, like, after having babies, or especially, like, after I have, I've had my other kids... And being very um, adamant is like, I need to have time for my body to rest. Um, I can't, you know, the, I'm very big on after you have a baby, at least two weeks of like laying down, like not doing anything, which is very hard to do when you're a homeschool mom of four, you know, four boys. Now, well, oh I mean, goodness, I'm, yes. you know, now at least, <laughs> not, not with other kids. But anyways, um it's yeah, it, it can so, be a real blessing. And I would agree with you, Annie. Um, after I had this conversation with my husband, it did bring us closer together. And he was more loving and kind and gentle mm -hmm. and um, understanding. And I think sometimes we don't give our men enough credit that mm -hmm. they are capable of that, even when you've been married for a long time. Mm -hmm. So giving them the opportunity to grow in virtue as well 
you know, mm-hmm. sharing more of our crosses, it actually opens them up to share some of theirs. Yeah, exactly. And he's the one who really encouraged me to go ahead and like sign up because he knows that how big of an issue it's been for me for several years and how hard it is has been for me to like actually get on a good exercise regime. Um, so he's been really well, I'm excited to have you in there. <laughs> Can't wait to see you in the private community. Thanks. Um, well, and I'm glad you mentioned exercise because I, um, I haven't, I started having some of these issues recently, but it's after I've stopped exercising on a regular basis. And so like that, that regular routine of fitness is is helpful, Mm -hmm. even if it's, you know, stretching or doing squats or just like a simple exercise routine can help a lot with some of this also that, you know, because I didn't have any issues after my four kids right away. It's just been recently after I stopped running. Yeah. <laughs> so. And in a practical sense of things, I know like so many of our listeners who have these issues and they're like, well, you know, I, what are some simple things that I can do now? I know yeah. that one of the, one thing that I found really interesting about just that the initial email and, you know, not to reveal to, you know, to, but the initial email just yeah. says stop doing things. Like yeah. you need your body to take a time of rest. And I thought that was really um, beautiful in the sense of like going back to that um, our bodies are meant to heal and that um, that's what you know we are created to to heal ourselves in that that resting period and how important is that just even in like you know if we do an analogy with our like our spiritual life too like if we're going and going and we're not focusing on God we yes. find like we're trying to do all of the things or something God just needs us to rest. We had a whole episode over making space because mm-hmm. that was something that we found that like we're not we're hard having trouble doing as busy busy moms is just stopping and making space. And whether that is our physical healing, whether it's our mental healing, uh, spiritual, any kind of trauma that you're, you're you've experienced, how important it is. Oh my goodness, to just to just rest. Yeah, one example that I love to liken that too is it's it's like, you know, as moms, we water all everyone in the family, right? All of our friends were the caretakers, but like that watering can is gonna run out. And you have to pause and be still to refill mm-hmm. to be able to go back and have enough to give. And that's part of what this process is. We're hitting that pause button because, you know, I mean, the science gal in me, the nerd in me um, has to say it's from a scientific perspective, these muscles that we're strengthening, you know, it's not just the pelvic floor. The pelvic floor doesn't work in isolation. The pelvic floor has to work with the deep abdominals, the back extensors, the hip rotators, your glute muscles, your buttachicas, as I like to lovingly call them, (laughs) um, and your hip rotators. And those, you know, God designed all of those muscles to work together. And um, most of this dysfunction comes from, um, you know, we call it mom butt, right? If you notice, like, after you have a baby, all of a sudden your, your butt muscles kick off and you have like this flat butt, right? So that's an indication that those muscles have gotten weak or those deep abdominal muscles after being stretched out from pregnancy. And again, none of these muscles work in isolation. So hitting that pause button button on the other activities and giving yourself time to rebalance the strength physically 
emotionally and spiritually is incredibly important. Well, see, I don't know what it says about me, but I've had a flat butt my whole life. <laughs> After I had kids, I didn't really see much of a change, so I don't know what that says, but... Same. <laughs> yeah. Same. But no, I, like, I, I do love this intersection between faith and science that you're seeing here because that's like it's a big area of interest for me because there's, you know, it's science is really looking at how God made the world, like how he yes. structured it mm-hmm. and like including our bodies. And he made our bodies in an incredibly complex and beautiful way. But that doesn't mean that in the fallen world that we live in, that things can't go wrong because they can that's and they right. do, obviously. And but fall down. Yes, yes, fall down, fall out. But, um, but yeah, but you know, having talk, talk, like what you're talking about, taking that rest and, um, you know, using that science, looking at how God made our bodies and how things can be healed. Um, you know, I think it's it's a beautiful thing because you don't have to just come at it from a, a science perspective. You can interweave faith in there, and I think doing those two things can bring a lot of healing for people. Well, and faith is step one of healing because Mm -hmm. you have to believe that healing is possible, right? And so you have to have faith that your body was made to heal for that to actually happen. Um, And so I couldn't agree more when you were talking, it was reminding me of like philosophy and theology and how those two go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Keep it light, because this is heavy, you know, this is emotional. Um, And one time, Many years ago, probably 15 plus years ago, I had a client in uh, my office and she was getting all nervous trying to explain, you know, her biggest complaint after having a baby. And it was a lack of friction during intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so I just looked at her and said, oh, hot dog down a hallway syndrome. Okay, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> she just bust out laughing. It was like, like little moments to kind of you know, things up, but um, there's a way that we can, how I, you know, how the emotional process of recognizing that something wasn't right down there after having my third, (laughs) and the PC way that I describe it to clients is always like, my Georgia O'Keeffe painting turned into a Picasso when I looked (laughs) We can talk about this without being, you know, Brass and heavy and depressing. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, yeah. And that's you know, like that, that's what we do here is you know try and talk about these things that are hard to are talk hard about to, yeah. but need to be talked about because yeah. yeah. And even when you are, I mean, this isn't something that I talk to my mother about, my best friends about. I mean, I, you know. Even when I was walking through this process, it was much easier for me to put my clinician hat on to deal with this, which is really probably how the research ended up happening, because I just wanted to stay rooted in the science and push those feelings down. Um, it's it's challenging to open the door on this conversation and, and be vulnerable, and it's scary. I mean, most women dealing with this, you know, especially if things started out with just some minor pee leaks, some hip pain, but they never address that. And now these things have escalated, which they will. If you do nothing about this, it doesn't get better on its own. It does need to be addressed. Um, then you start getting scared, like, oh my goodness, what what am I gonna do about this? And 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 it starts impacting your life as to how you mom, you know, how you show up as a wife. Like you're 
you're scared to leave your house because you use the restroom 20 times a day. You don't want to get on a plane. You don't want to be like that aggravating person that's getting up and down to go pee five times on a two hour flight mm-hmm. or on a road trip. Right. So like these are these are big time quality of life issues that a lot of women are dealing with. And when I say a lot, we're talking statistically one out of every three women are dealing with some type of pelvic floor dysfunction one out of every nine and it's probably more like i would say one out of every five are dealing with some type of prolapse so you're talking about 52 million women in this country alone dealing with these issues it's pretty big well i mean it sounds like because it's something that you know you can't just see somebody going through you know like it's not a not a visible kind of thing it sounds like it can be very isolating And then like yes. we've been talking about like as moms, when do we ever stop to take care of ourselves? Like we take care of our family, our kids mm-hmm. and our families and but us taking care of ourselves, we're always always put ourselves last. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's easy for things to progress before mm-hmm. we have we take the time out to actually check on things. Yeah. Which and I mean I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessarily bad to like put other people first yeah. in your life, you know, like God calls us yeah. to think less of ourselves than yeah. other people around us. But you, you I mean that is true. Like you have to at some point stop and take care of yourself so that you can take, take care, care of the people around you. And yeah. if you have something like this going on, especially a severe issue going on, yeah, you're it's it's definitely gonna affect how you how you parent, how you, you know, wife, how you, everything. One of my favorite things to tell people when they're talk, you know, debating about whether to invest in something like this or to invest in whatever for themselves that's going to better them spiritually or physically. I always tell a mom, the code is, it's not that you're doing, it's not that you're saying me first. Mm-hmm. You're saying me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because if you don't include you in that <laughs> list of people, that you're doling out water to, mm-hmm. you're gonna be sick and you're mm-hmm. gonna get sick and you're gonna, you know, so I think permission for women to say, mm-hmm. I need to take care of this for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think it is confusing for a lot of Catholic women. I think um, Christian women in general, exactly to your point, but I always come back to St. Paul's message of our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, and we have to take care of our temples. It doesn't need to be to excess. I'm not talking about you know the Botox and all the, the crazy that we don't necessarily need. Um, but sorry if anybody's getting Botox. I didn't... <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Maybe. Not to excess. You know, I mean, these are basic body functions that if they're not working right, you need you need to address that check engine light mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. and i think like we even have a duty to do so because yes. our te- bodies are a temple of the holy spirit to neglect our bodies or to abuse our bodies in any way i mean it's i don't know if desecrating is too strong of a word but it for lack of a better word desecrating like something that god made that is supposed to be good that is supposed to be treated with love so if we're not treating ourselves with love then, then we're not really acting in accord with god's will i think so and as Amen. an instrument of service, our our whole our bodies are in service to our will and our spirit to do the will of God. And if they don't work right, then we can't perform our functions that are necessary to our vocation. 
Sometimes. And so if, especially something like this, that's something we have to think about and put as a priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I love like earlier in the conversation, what you said about how, um, how you had these issues come about and your doctor told you that you're going to have to have surgery and you, you know, you're stubborn. And so you're like, no, I'm going to figure out how else to do that. And, and God used how he made you as a stubborn individual you know, he worked through you and through that grace to be able to find something that worked for you. And now you're, you know, working to help other women. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. I, I you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty in the process. I can't say that I knew, like, that I thought that God knew what he was doing. I wasn't really happy with him at the time. <laughs> but I do, looking back, know that he gives us crosses that are that he specially picks out for us for the greater good he uses all things for good that i do know mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. well thank you jen for meeting with us thank you and again for our listeners um jen and her partner have a um, business called tighten your tinkler which we'll put in the links and um and also if would you want did you want us to share the the intimacy intimacy yeah i'll send you yeah. i'll send you a link to that and we'd also love to offer your listeners um a 50 dollars off coupon with the code coffee and catholics so right. we'll we'll send that to you as well thank you so much we really appreciate it, it was a great conversation thank you so thanks, much thanks guys thank i hope you. you all have a great conference oh, thank, thank you, you. Thank take you. care have a bye. Bye. bye and as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you. Coffee and Catholics is a proud partner of the Smart Catholics Podcast Network. Find new shows to love, meet like-minded Catholics, and join the community at smartcatholics.com.